Welcome to the Frog Logic Podcast. I'm your host, Navy SEAL motivational speaker, best-selling author for kids and adults, human performance coach, and YouTube personality, David Rutherford. Welcome to the show. For the past 25 years, I've been exploring and researching the human condition in my attempt to discover what enables individuals and teams to succeed in every environment imaginable. What I've discovered are some undeniable truths about what drives humans to succeed and fail physically, mentally, and spiritually. I call these discoveries the frog logic concepts. My podcast has one simple mission, and that's to help you ignite the fire in your gut so you too can lead an ultra-motivated, purposeful life like I do. So stand by. It's time to get motivated. Hoo-yah! All right. Now, I hope everybody is incredibly fired up, all right? I know everyone so far is crushing it this year, right? Right? I know we're only a couple. I know what you're saying, Instructor Rut. We're only a couple days into it. But I know, I know, even though it's just gotten started, you're fired up. You're, you're crushing it. You're, you're, you're PTing every day. You're, you're eating healthy again. You're, you're, you're hanging out with your friends. You got a smile on your face. You, you, you got a newfound purpose in your heart, right? You know, because over the last two weeks, these are three weeks, these ho- this holiday season, it's been amazing. It's been awesome. Everybody's in a good mood over the holidays. I mean, it just is what it is, right? You, you, you know you're in a good mood when, when even the, you're, you're, you know, the, the friend from high school that you really don't want to see, you love seeing them, you have a couple beers with them, and it's awesome. Or, or that long-lost family member that comes in out of town, and you know typically they rub you the wrong way, but you're just stoked. You wrap your arms around them, and you're, you're like, no, this is phenomenal, man. I, it's, I'm just fired up to see you. Right? This is one of the coolest aspects of, of, of starting, you know, the holiday season, ending a year, you know, getting ready to start a new year off on a great foot, right? And one of the things that's nice is that your end of the year reflections, right? And you start thinking about, man, what are, what are you know, pretty rad. I, you know, I, I had a good year. It's pretty cool. And, and, uh, but, but, you know, what's next? And, and what do I need to think about that I did wrong and right? And, and, and what do I need to think about in the future here? Now, a lot of people are, are, are going, man, I, I'm, I'm, you know, rut. I'm about tired of these stupid resolutions. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to make a resolution. I think I did pretty good last year. I don't even want to think about what I screwed up. Why, why, what's, what's the point? You know, I, I, where'd this dumb, this dumb tradition even come from, man? Well, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I do a New Year's show every year, and, 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 and last year I, I did one, and this year I did one, and I, I wanted to think about it in, in a new way. So I went back and started researching, and, and apparently, you know, since, since we started keeping calendars, you know, the end of one year, beginning another, all civilizations would get out there, and they'd start, they'd start uh, having parties about, uh, you know, what was going on beforehand. They had parties and they, they like to celebrate, you know, the new beginnings and all this. And, and kind of in the modern times, it really was the Puritans that, that dug into this. And now these cats were a little straight laced. Granted, yep, they didn't, they didn't party hard. They didn't get after it, you know, with their neon glow chem lights or, or, or any of that other madness. They, they basically, they just kind of sat down and they reflected on their lives from a biblical sense and saying, 
hey, what do I, what didn't I do? Where, where was my sin? Where was all this place I could have improved on how I treated those around me? You know, those in my tribe, those in my, the people in my family. And that, that kind of reflectiveness uh, evolved into where they started re- writing down resolutions for the following year. This is what I want to focus on. Now, those were, a little, those were a little pious, granted, back in the day, but that's what kicked it off for us here in America. Now, this has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and now it's almost the problem is, is I believe, in my interpretation, and, and that's what this show is always based on, my beliefs, my, you know, my ideas, my theories. Uh, you know, we'll bring other people on to hear theirs too, but listen, I'm not trying to change the way you feel, think, act, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to maybe help you change your perception a little bit. And so what I believe is happening now is this is, this has become a little distorted, right? We, we, we set these resolutions and, and, and generally they, they want to be good. They want to, you know, they want to set down the right path, but you know, the, the, the problem is, you know, people hit that point where it's just like, man, I, I, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe I, I, I don't not going to keep up and they just resort back to a behavioral pattern. I call it the comfort zone behavioral patterning. Right. And, and they resort back to that. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, however many time, how much later they're back in the same old rut of life. All right. Now, listen, it's just common practice. This is what it is. This is how it happens in our lives. So the challenge and what I want to talk to you about today is really if, if, if you're going to make a resolution, it's time to be resolute in that resolution, right? And everybody always goes, well, what do you mean? What do you mean resolute resolution? Well, I just give me a second. I'll get to there. But before I get there, I, I first want to just say, hey, this is uh, not my first podcast or radio show I've ever done, but this is the first, this is the inaugural show, the kickoff show for my new podcast called the Frog Logic Podcast. Now, uh, you know, for the past two and a half years, I've been doing a, a radio show, a live radio show on Saturdays uh, called Navy Seal Radio. And I ran it off another platform online. And it's really been a crazy, amazing success. I, I feel so blessed and so fortunate that, you know, in 85 shows, I was able to gain a million 60,000 downloads. Yes, you heard me right. A million 60,000 downloads. And I wasn't even, you know, I, I didn't even, man, I, I, I actually was a slacker a lot of time on this thing, on this show. Uh, but there was this, this, this people sought it out. And, and, I, and initially, I think it was probably the hook of the name, right? Navy SEAL radio. What does a Navy SEAL have to say about things? But but then after they got into it, and they realized that the, the show concept was more derivative of, of, of the mindset from the SEAL teams that I learned, you know, my experiences. And, and it really was this frog logic idea of this motivational philosophy that I've been working on for 25 years. And so what I, re, what I wanted to do is say, hey, you know, it's time. And I'd been talking to my fans before, you know, for quite a some time saying, hey, I'm going to move away from that format. We're going to create a new format, a new, a new energy behind, and we're going to call it the Frog Logic Podcast. And yeah, we will still talk about SEAL-centric stuff and uh, special operations, and I'll have all my buddies on the show in the future, but we're going to open this thing wide open. I mean, we're going to go... We're going to tear down the walls of constriction, so to speak, right? And we're going to, we're, I'm going to bring in more interviews from just... 
people around the world that are just super fired up and motivated to make an impact, not only in their lives, but in the, in the world around them. I mean, people who are actually seeking out to, to stay motivated, to stay focused, and as they're getting pummeled by the negative insurgency. And I'll talk about what that means here in a little bit. But, it, you know, it was crazy when you, I think back when I first did this, and I think about how it started. I literally started that radio show on a whim. I was just like, man, you know, I, it would be cool, you know, to, to reach out and give my fans some more motivational media. Yeah. Why, why can't I do it? And I remember I had this agent at the time who was helping me with my speaking and all that. Or, and, and, and she said to me, she goes, you know, Rut, you're nuts. You can't do a radio show. It takes all this and it takes, you know, whatever. And I said, uh, uh-uh, now nah, I'm doing it. And you know, that kind of led to us splitting ways and, and, you know, go figure my first show I did back in April of 2000, I think it was 13, maybe. I, I don't even remember. Uh, I got 35,000 downloads in the first one, man. <laughs> go figure. And what I'm convinced now after the 85 shows, a million plus downloads, is that people are searching for some motivation. They're searching for some positivity in that in our their lives. And that's what we provide. And that's what I'm going to provide. I promise you. It's my mission to help you stir that fire in your gut, to give you some fuel, to keep that flame lit so you can go forth and, and really just charge into the breach, if you will, right? And that's, that's why I'm doing this. That's why, you know, me and my team here at Team Frog Logic decided to start the Frog Logic podcast. So welcome aboard. Welcome to the team. If you're a first-time listener, again, my name's David Rutherford. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a former Navy or a Navy SEAL medic and instructor, and I did a bunch of other stuff. And and I, and we're creating this whole new concept. Lots more interviews. We're gonna bring new bits in. We're gonna stick with some of the old bits that you guys love. Asking questions on the internet, uh, being able to uh, you know set up for you guys to be on the show and to be interviewed. But really, we're going to just open this thing up. So, you know, in terms of time constraints and when I can record it and in the podcast format like this, I'm going to just do it all the time. My, my goal, you know, and, and one of my goals is just to, to provide you a, a steady stream on, on the Frog, uh, Frog Logic podcast of just really exceptional motivational media that will matter in your life. Fired up. All right. So you're digging it. All right. Uh, you know. One of the things that was nice about uh, having real-time things is I could get people that would, you know, hit me real-time on Twitter or Facebook. But, you know, as you're recording, man, you just got to go with it. <laughs> all right. So, I know. if you're All right. What you're saying is, you're, all right, Rudd. Hey, man. I think it's cool. You got some cool energy. You, you're fired up, obviously. <laughs> or you drank a lot of coffee this morning. But what, what, what is Frog Logic? Tell me, please, before I get wrapped up, before I go too far, what is Frog Logic? Well, let me tell you. Frog Logic is basically my motivational philosophy based on 25 years of exploring and researching the human condition. It's ba- it's it's literally it, it's teaching people how to how to uh, you know think, act, and feel like a frogman. Now, I, if you don't know what a frogman is, basically Navy SEALs are frogmen. Our our predecessors from you know, the, the World War II, the underwater demolition teams, the Naval Combat Demolition Unions, the Scouts and Raiders, those guys were called frogmen. And it's because they're just hard, right? They used to do some incredible stuff. And we'll do a show and I'll have, hopefully get some UDT guys on. But they were just hard. And they set a tone um, to push themselves, to, to, to go 
to think beyond themselves, right? To think that the whole precipice of, of their focus, their purpose in life is to accomplish the mission of the team, right? To put team ahead of self. Let me repeat my last, all right? I repeat my last. To put team ahead of self. Now, because of this focused commitment and their willingness to embrace pain and, and to, to cultivate a culture of sacrificial trust driven by love, they were able to accomplish incredible things. And, and you know, in fact, if you're not familiar, the underwater demolition teams of World War II were the most highly decorated unit from World War II. And again, in, in, you know, in, on January 1st, 1962, our recent birthday, the, the SEAL teams were invented by John F. Kennedy. And we started another prolific career of, of being one of the most decorated units from the Vietnam War. And today, in the modern era, in the last 15 years of combat, folks, you know, me and my friends, mostly my friends, my teammates, my brothers, have been out there waging, you know, pretty awesome war against some pretty evil people. And that brotherhood, man, because of that, what they've done you know, I'm able to combine my own personal experiences, my own research, and all different forms of psychology, you know, as a SEAL, a medic, an instructor, as well as an international training and security specialist for the, you know, Blackwater and the U.S. government, and, uh, and for the past 10 years as a top motivational speaker, author, and coach, you know, I, I, I extrapolate the very best positive attributes of all Navy SEAL and UDT operations, training doctrine, and lead performance to create this concept, this motivational, this motivational fuel for your fire, man. And I call it frog logic. So if you start employing frog logic in your life, you too will have that perpetual strain, that perpetual fuel of, of motivation. That will drive you to live with a greater, higher level of purpose in your life. Thereby being fulfilled, man. And that's what this is about. It's about, you know, this course that we're on. You know, this, this dream, this amazing gift of life of being above dirt. And I'm telling you, from all the people I've lost, and, and recently too, even people not in the teams, this is a gift. You've been given an amazing gift to be above dirt. And I hope you know that. Because if you don't, man, that's a problem. That's a problem. And I can tell you, I've, I've suffered myself. I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, really struggled multiple times in my life. In fact, you know, this whole thing started back, you know, my dream, my whole dream, my whole life was to play football, right? And I played, started from the time I was 12 and played all the way up Pee Wee. I played on two teams my freshman year. I played you know, Pop Warner and the JV. And, you know, my whole thing was to play football at the Division One level and live this dream and take a shot at the Heisman. You know the deal. And I was the kid who threw 500 footballs a day. I was focused. I was motivated. I was driven. It was my dream. And I believed I could do it. Now, unfortunately, because of some bad teams I was on, I ended up doing a fifth-year high school, a postgraduate year at a school called Chode up in Connecticut. And we, you know, we won the New England Big School Champions, best team in Choate's history, I should say. But I had to split time with another guy because the coach recruited two of us. And I didn't have those stats. But I was a pretty good lacrosse player. And my coach from St. Andrews down here in Florida in Boca Raton, he wrote a letter to the coach, head coach at Penn State, and he got him interested in me. And I was able to, you know, go to Penn State for lacrosse because I was a good athlete. 
And my dream was, I, hey, you know what better thing? I'll just walk on. I will walk on that team, right? Jopa loves walk-ons. I'll walk on a team, and I'll live out my dream of playing football. Yeah, done. Easy day, right? Not so fast there, Rudd. The freshman quarterback my freshman year was the number one recruited quarterback in, in the country. He was the top quarterback. He ended up being one of the top quarterbacks in Penn State's history. He went on to win the Rose Bowl. He went on to play 11 years in the NFL, two Super Bowls. His name was Mr. Kerry Collins. Now, because I was so intimidated by Kerry, because I was so afraid to fail, I didn't even try. I quit on a dream. Now, I was not prepared for that because I hadn't done the work to understand what failure truly means and how you can use failure as a positive tool. And I allowed that fear to overwhelm me and send me into a spiral, this abyss of depression and chaotic behavior and, and drinking myself into stupors on a regular basis. It ultimately almost crushed me for four years. And I ended up getting kicked off the lacrosse team. I was almost kicked out of school. I mean, I was on double secret probation. <laughs> but thankfully, in that time, when I lost the ability to make an impact through my athleticism, and I lost that identity, it set me down this search, right? This search to find, to try and define myself in a new way. Now, I was an art major at Penn State. I know, you're right, and a minor. I had also a minor in poetry, sociology, philosophy, psychology. I switch minors every semester, right? I, I actually was a long-haired hippie, man. <laughs> Pretty wild. But it was in those classes and in that search of my, my own self, right, know thyself, that I began to discover an entire different component of how we function as human beings. And that for, you know, since the dawn of, of, you know, the development of our prefrontal cortex, our ability to think rationally and logically and long-term and, and stretch out the space-time continuum of awareness, that we, had, we were on this search to try and figure out who we are and why we're here and what I'm doing, what's my purpose, why I am, what is the reason for my existence. That's a powerful thing for a guy that's battling depression, man. Powerful thing, that guy that's trying to escape from reality on a regular basis. Now, thank God, my fourth year, I had this amazing epiphany. I woke up one day and didn't have a glass of Jack and a non-filter Lucky Strike, and I hadn't done my clothes. I hadn't washed my clothes in months, and so I decided to go to the laundromat. And I go down to this laundromat, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching my stuff go round and round. And I used to think to my, I used to bring my sketchbooks and my poetry and I'd, and I'd write and I'd, that's where my emotions would come out and I could, you know, tolerate it. But this time I was empty. I had nothing left. And it was in that moment that I said to myself, or I should say, I, I got inspired. I was called. And it was like, hey, it's time to change your life. It's time for you to step up to get back in the fight. It's time for you to regain a self-confidence that you've lost. And the only way that you know how to do that is on a team. Now, pretty wild because, 
you know, a few, four years before, my next door roommate as a freshman was this guy, Tony, who's in the Army Reserves. He gave me this great book on Navy SEALs, and I never knew anything about Navy SEALs. And all of a sudden, this book came whizzing back, and I read that thing in like a day, right? Comes whizzing back to me, and I'm like, my God, that's it. Oh, I'll drop out of college, <laughs> join the Navy, and go be a Navy SEAL. Easy. <laughs> Well, the concept was there <laughs> that I would regain the self-confidence I'd like, lost. I'd learn to deal with, embrace my fears. I, I'd join the most ultimate team on the planet, and I'd have a purpose. And that's what I did. And I dropped out. And I remember walking into that recruiter when I got back home to Boca Raton, and I had my long hair down to my back, and I was wearing beat-up old jeans and fake biker boots and my tank top, and I walked in with my shaggy, you know, shaggy goatee, my, all 225 pounds of me, and I looked at the recruiter and said, hey, what's up? And he's like, may I help you? I said, yeah, I want to be a SEAL. He looks at me and goes, I bet you do. Sit down right here, son. Sit in this chair. Let me put on this video cassette and watch this video called Be Someone Special. And man, I watched that thing. And dude, I was hooked. I was like, that's it. That's who I want to be. And it started. And it started. Before I knew it, that November, November 1995, I showed up at Bud's right after Thanksgiving with class 205. Now, for my troubles, and because I was so hard-headed and I needed a lot of saving, uh, I ended up spending uh, double the time at Bud's, which a lot of my friends absolutely say was pivotal and that I needed. So I spent 15 months there. I had several injuries. I had a performance failure in second phase. Uh, but I never quit, man. I hung in there. And I learned a lot about my own who I was, and I learned uh, who I wasn't. And I think that's the power of, of, of pushing yourself to really expose your limits and limitations or your perception of your limits and limitations. Because at Bud's, they blew that stuff right out of the water. Every single day you show up is a day you're going to learn to fail. You're going to learn something new about yourself. You're going to learn, my God, I'm not who I really think I am. Thank God I had that, man. But the critical aspect of that experience was that I finally realized that it's team, not self. And it was those men that, that I went through training with, those men that are still in my lives today, those men that I call brothers, teammates. It was those men who instructed me, those men who supported me, those men who picked me up every day. It was those men who got me through who gave me my self-confidence back because of the commitment to the team. And I'm indebted to them. Now, my career in the teams was, was not as illustrious as many of my close friends were at all. Nor would I ever try and make it seem more than it was. I had an interesting career. I was a, a medic, a combat medic. I went to 18 Delta. I got to spend time in the hospitals in New York City and the ERs and hospitals of San Antonio. And I did some really cool things as a medic. Yeah, it was awesome. But at the same time, I, you know, I, being a medic, it, you know, it, 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 it's not exactly the fast track towards progression. Um, but it was great. I loved it. I loved the duality, right? I was always nervous that I would lose the artisticnessness. I don't even think that's a word, artisticnessness. 
I would lose that art, that art in me, that desire to create. And so I wanted to balance it out with being a medic, you know, the duality man, so to speak. I know what you're saying. You're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But it's, it's true. And when I got to SEAL Team 1, man, and I got in a platoon and I struggled there, Team 1. I thought I knew more than I did. I didn't keep my mouth shut. I was kind of an idiot. But thankfully, some uh, amazing SEALs saw potential in me, and, and they helped me. And they taught me, and they, they shepherded me, and they, they inspired me to try and be better. And I went through my first platoon, and it was awesome. And then I was in my second platoon. And I got to say, my first platoon, there are a few guys in that platoon that really were amazing, you know, incredible human beings. I should say they all were, but there were a couple in particular that just taught me so much. And I, and I, it's because of them I made it through. And in my second, you know, I, I was in my second platoon. I got yanked out for needs of the Navy, and I became a, an SQT instructor, man. And that's where my whole life changed. That's where this, the whole reason I'm on this microphone right now is, is happened in that moment. And it was an amazing thing, man. It was an amazing thing. Because, I, you know, when I showed up, I had a chip on my shoulder. I'm like, screw this, man. I shouldn't be here. I'm a one-platoon wonder. I don't know anything. These kids aren't going to respect me. They're going to think I'm an idiot. And so I, I, I behaved that way. Now, thank God, another guy... One of my biggest mentors of my life, senior, he snapped me out of it. Now, I threatened to take my trident first, but he snapped me out of it. And, and like, he was going to send me to captain's mask because I was acting like such an idiot. And I'll tell you what, you know, he, I said to him, but, but senior, but this, but this, and all these freaking excuses. And he said, Rod, I don't give a damn. Because your job is to be a frogman. And whatever I tell you to do, you do it as best as you possibly can. And it came out of me. I was like, I'm afraid, senior. I don't know what I'm doing. These kids are going to see right through me, these young frogmen. He goes, I don't care. Do what you do. I know you're a good medic. Teach them medicine. And he goes, and I, what else are you good at? And I go, I don't know. He goes, well, I always hear you fired up and motivated when you got your head in the game, so be their motivator. I was like, all right. And along with him, and there was about five guys there, who I'm indebted to. And these guys turned out to be pipe hitters in the, over the last 15 years. I mean, some of the most exceptional frogmen, you know, to ever, ever, ever participate in our unit's history. And these men were responsible for training, you know, another group, another generation of young frogmen that, you know, names like Mansoor and Murphy, right? And Tummelson. I mean, these guys went on to be, you know, legends in the team, and and these guys were responsible for that. But the coolest part about that is they gave me the confidence to experiment with, with the power of motivation. And what I realized that is, if you have motivation, if you can tap into it on a regular basis, if you can truly look towards motivation in a powerful, amazing way where it's palpable, it's tangible, there are rules, there are, there are structure, there's, str there's strategy, there's skill sets, there's lessons learned that are driven by this motivational component, that, this inspiration, if you will, passion, whatever word you want to use, that if you can instill that in another human being and light their fire and get their gut burning, there isn't anything that'll stop them. And I learned that every human being possesses an ignition point Right? 
that allows them to perform at an elite level. Now, it might not all be in the, in the soft community. It might not all be as, you know, hedge fund runners or, or Iron Man or whatever it is, but it might be something that really makes them unique and dynamic. The problem is, is people don't spend enough time pushing themselves. They don't apply the pressure of pain. They don't, they don't sacrifice for other things. They're not willing to endure and, and commit and make, and make team come before self. And I learned how to do that, man. And it was awesome. And it was also the time where I really started to explore, you know, the history of, of great teams and what makes them tick. And then I, you know, and what great warrior clans and cultures. And man, it was amazing. Now, because of my transition and my transformation, because of this amazing influence I had on these guys, you know, uh, 9-11 happened. It all turned around. The entire culture of our organization changed. The entire culture of the world changed. And it was time to go to war. And, and thankfully, I had the amazing opportunity because, again, my the senior and my warrant, they, 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 you know, they petitioned for me to get, become a part of a team, you know, team one deployment to Afghanistan, summer 02. Now, listen, there was nothing incredibly insane and we didn't get any gazillion hour gun battles or 30 days in the war like Fallujah or my buddies in Ramadi or anything like that but you know, we did a little opping and and it was downrange and and it was an incredible experience and again I owe a lot to the men that I was with it was transformational because it was on that deployment where I I had another epiphany in my life and I realized that, that, that the motivation to want to go to war was not about testing myself on, on the battlefield and to see whether I had it or what it take or what it didn't take or any of that. It was all about, you know, recognizing that there are no atheists in foxholes. <laughs> Although I wasn't in a foxhole, I was actually the opposite on a mountaintop. And, and, and I called out for God in my life. And he was there. And that changed me. Thank God. Because after that, I came home, and it was an amazing, amazing experience. Don't get me wrong. I want to make sure that, like, it's always this perpetual negativity at all. But what I'm saying is that life is this up and down. It's this roller coaster for us. You're never going to get on this stra- straight-out, flat trajectory of this just complete ascension and all that and, you know, ultimate, like, you know, you know, oh, you know, Buddha balance type nonsense, man, life is hard and it's up and it's down and you're getting smashed one day and crushed the next. But if you're surrounded by amazing, incredible people, you're making the decision to put team ahead of self and you listen to the people who care about you, love you, man, I'm telling you what, they'll get you through. Now, after my first eight years, I decided because I was young, dumb, impetuous. I was tired of following the hierarchical or, you know, whatever call it of uh, the bureaucracy of the Navy. I was an idiot. I punched out. I didn't think Iraq was going to go big, and it did. And I'll never, you know, forgive myself for not sticking around to support my teammates. But I punched out. I'd gotten engaged foolishly and – or not foolishly, I don't know. And, you know, next thing you know, man – I punch out, and I have no identity. I'm a 31-year-old, 
Navy SEAL living with my parents, $10,000 in debt, <laughs> engaged, I don't have a place to live. I was a mess. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my purpose was. And that sent me into a spiral again. Now, thankfully, wasn't as long as the one in college, you know. This one was shorter, but still long and consequential. But I, you know, a good, one of my best friends from the team reached out to me in the, in the worst possible moment I was in and said, Rut, hey, bud, gets me on the phone. He's like, Rut, hey, man, I need to know an answer right now. I, maritime interdiction program overseas, you, me, are you in or you out? I'm like, dude, I'm in, man. Just, just save me. Get me out of here. I go, by the way, where are we going? He goes, we're going to Azerbaijan. I go, where is that? And what are we doing? He goes, we're working for Blackwater. We're leaving in eight days. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm out. And that was it. And it was awesome. Because of his connect, the camaraderie, him, I was able to start digging out of that pit. Now, everything else in my life had crashed and burned. But with him and with his help and getting back into shape and getting focused and doing this and feeling like I was making a difference and serving, you know, I came back. And I started working for Blackwater. And, and it was awesome, man. We, we were one of the most successful programs in Blackwater's company history. And then that ended. And then next thing you know, I'm in Afghanistan again in the, summer, in the fall of 05. And I'll tell you what happened there. And this is where it all changed. Because you want to know what, where Frog Logic started, really? Because I, I remember when I was getting out first, one of my roommates was like, hey, Rut, man, you ought to be a motivational speaker. And I was like, yeah, right. You know, when's the last time you saw a motivational speaker drop the F-bomb 15 times in one sentence and drive down, you know, I-95 with no shirt on and sunglasses at, at 1 in the morning on his motorcycle? That's who I was at the time, right? But fast forward now, I'm in Afghanistan my second time, this time with Blackwater. We're training counter-drug guys and doing some stuff. And we do this this op where we hit this compound, and, and I remember sitting there after kind of we're finishing and nothing crazy happened and, and I'm looking over and and I see these kids these kids these destitute children now if, if you haven't ever seen destitute children before then I highly recommend you go on a mission trip you go somewhere you work for a nonprofit you just try it out you let that that smell of poverty that 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 decay of hopelessness you let that wash over you and you see what it does to you. Because I'll tell you what, man. The destitution of an Afghan child is like no other on this planet. By the time girls are 13, 12, 13 years old, they're basically receptacles for procreation. By the time a boy's 12 or 13, he's being raped and molested and, and beaten on a regular basis. This is a culture that is ruled with the iron fist based on a hatred and a tribal a uh, law system that's based on the 14th century. There's no education. There's no hope for progress. There's no nothing. And trust me, I know. I've been to Afghanistan seven different times. Man. And I saw these children. And for the first time in my two trips to Afghanistan so far, Apathy was suppressed with empathy. 
and I felt something in my heart. And I looked at these little kids, man, and I'm like, oh, my God. I need to do so. I was called in that moment. Right? Thunder struck me. And I was like, I've got to do something to help these children. Now, what the hell is a frog man supposed to do to help children in Afghanistan, you're asking? I was asking myself, I'd like, I don't know. It's just got to do something. I got to do it now. So I started, you know, we were liaisoning with different nonprofits like the Red Cross. I looked into Doctors Without Borders because I was a medic. I, I looked at USAID. I looked at all these different groups like, oh, man, I'll go work with them. But uh-uh, no way. Cultures too far. Special operations groups do not function well with, with nonprofits downrange. Right. So that didn't work. But I kept searching. Where was my thing going to happen? Where was I going to find the direction? So when I got home on that deployment that, that Christmas, I, I, my, my research led me into understanding that, hey, we're struggling here in America. Now remember, this is back in 0506 transition, the new year. I discovered we were, we were hurting. Childhood obesity was exploding. You know, girls' suicide rates were starting to climb in the first time in 30 years. And a couple psychologists out there from, you know, these highfalutin, you know, academic, academic places were talking about this thing called Internet Withdrawal Syndrome. I was like, damn. You know, and even in my, my own county, Palm Beach County, our, our, we had gone from a 77, 78% gradu- graduation rate. We're down to 73, 70, 71 that's unheard of. 30% of our kids were not graduating from high school. There's a, there's a problem there for our country. So that was it. I was like, man, that's it. I'm going to help kids right here. And, and, and you know, I'm going to redirect my focus. I'm going to help kids right here in the, in the United States and in Florida. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to teach them my Navy SEAL stuff, and we're going to get them all squared away. And so I did all this research on child development and child psychology, and, and, I, and I really drilled down on where that transition problem, where kids are struggling. And it, it really starts from, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. That's the target, right, that middle school. So I, I was like, what do I do? So, what you know, what else? I'll write a book. So I sat down with my big old ape hanger, knuckle dragging hands, and I started banging on my keyboard, and I wrote my first book, which was a kid's book. And the whole idea was I thought about what was the thing that I had lost? I lost my self-confidence. I lost that self-confidence way back when because I didn't have a team. I was too afraid. I had fear was gripping me, and I had no purpose. And so I wrote a book, and I, and I developed the first part of the, the core frog logic or Navy SEAL motivational training, the first component, and that was teaching kids to forge their self-confidence. And I came up with eight missions, eight missions, eight things that I tapped into that I used daily in BUDS, in the teams, out of the teams, that I still use today, that I focus on, these eight missions, Right? And these are the missions, man, that will, that will change your life, that will help you forge your self-confidence as, as you're getting pummeled, man. Right? And that first book, now, and I'll never forget that first book I wrote. I wrote this sucker, and I'm like, all right, now what do I do? <laughs> what do I do, man? What do I do with this thing? So, now, I'm blessed that one, my cousin, my first cousin, his name's David Ebershoff, who is one of the most, I mean, this guy is, is, he's the man in terms of the writing world. 
Uh, right now, he's got a movie that just came out called The Danish Girl, which was based on his first novel. He's got four, five other, no, four other novels that were all bestsellers. His last one, The 19th Wife, was on the New York Times bestseller list for 70 weeks. Uh, he was a senior editor at large for Random House. He's one of the most prolific uh, winners of Pulitzer editing books. He guest lectures at Columbia whenever. I mean, this guy, he's the man. He's the man. He is he is the tier one operator in the literary world. So I'm like, heck, I'm going to say, <laughs> hey, Cousin Dave, man, check out my kid's book, dude. <laughs> so I sent him, man. I sent him one of first, the, a chapter, a mission. He comes back. He says, send me the rest. So I sent him the rest. He says, Dave, you got something here. There's an idea here that's special. And I'll never forget, man, how afraid I was to... You know, go down that route after failing so miserably in college as a writer and all this other stuff and and to come back and try and do something positive. And, and for this guy who I admire so much to say, you got something here was huge. It was that dose of motivation. It was, he lit that fire in my gut when I was afraid. I had fear. And it was funny, man. He got me some interviews. I ended up getting this literary agent, and she's this great lady who used to run Penguin Publishing for a long time, and I met with her up in New York. And, you know, she didn't really get it initially. You know, she didn't know much about the SEAL thing. It was still real quiet back then before it blew up. And, man, she was like, you know, all right, let's see what we got. So she And she's like, but you got to create some buzz about it. And she was like, she talked like this. She was this great Jewish lady from New York. She's like, David, you got to create buzz about your book. And I was like, you know, hey, what's buzz? <laughs> well, get out there and get people talking about it. <laughs> and I loved it, man. I was like, Roger that, man. You know, you give a frogman some orders and I'll follow those things. And that's what I did. I got out there and I started following him. I was like, check, Roger. What do I do? She's like, start speaking. Tell anybody, you know, speak, tell people what you do. And I'll never forget, man. I started a Y. I did a program for kids at the YMCA. I started working with foster care homeboy, you know, uh, boys. I started uh, were mentoring young men. I I'd speak at any place that would have me, whether it's a Rotary or or it was a Chamber of Commerce, young professionals, uh, schools, whether it's Girl Scout troops. I didn't care. I built a website. And next thing you know, I was speaking to kids all over North America, a bunch in Canada. This great guy, Kieran Kennedy, up there in Canada, found me online and said, this is exactly the program I want for my kids. Come on up. Before you know it, I'd, I'd, taught, I'd spoken to like 5,000 kids up in Canada. And it was going. And this, this motivation, this dream, this purpose to then help kids, it was real. And that was 10 years ago. It was real. And in the past 10 years, my message, the Frog Logic concept, has reached over 4 million people. And that's, I think, conservative because that's just numbers from all the different things that I've, I've been able to reach with live audiences. You know, I've, I've been speaking. I've spoken. I, I don't even, even know. I've, I've spoken over almost over 500 companies, you know, many fortune, some of the world's leading companies in the world I work with. I mean, this year I did right around 70 events, a little over 70 events this year, our biggest year ever. 
You know, I've written now, uh, I've written, uh, you know, my first book, which was a kid's book. We pulled it off because we're changing it into our, our cartoon character. I wrote my, 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 my second kid's book, which is called Doc Frog's Physical Training Manual, Navy SEAL PT for Kids, which is my cartoon character called Doc Frog, very cool looking dude, who teaches kids these 12 basic physical fitness principles. And you can get that on my web store. And then I wrote, I wrote an adult book called Forging Self-Confidence, the same kids, but I dug into it and I made it adult savvy. And it's these missions, man. You know, it's these eight missions, right? Mission one, have a positive attitude. Two, PT and live healthy. Three, motivate yourself and others. Four, earn respect. Five, set goals. Six, live with integrity. Seven, mentoring. Eight, have fun. And I've sold, you know, I don't even know, almost 30,000 of these things. Best-selling author with that sucker. And we're getting ready to release our third kids book here, another Doc Frog book here in the next month. And I, my other hope is I'm going to finish another two adult books this year, one called Team Life and one called Embracing, Embrace Fear. Man. And I've also, what, what else, man? I, I, I've, I've done the coaching. I've got a YouTube channel, right, with over, I think I'm like at 2.5 million. Let me check it out right now. Let me, let me see where we're at right now where we're, where we're at. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's like, hold on. I got to sign in here, right? Yeah, I got a YouTube thing, right? Uh, hold on. All right. All right. I'll, I'll sign it. So there it goes. 2,265,000 downloads, right? Holy cow. That's a bunch, man. With these videos, and I, I display all this information for you to, all free for you to embrace and take it on board. And man, I, I dig it. And, and, you know, it's there for you to watch at any time. And it's all these things that are, are focused on these four main concepts that I believe that if you instill these things in your life, right, if you focus on learning to embrace your fear, forge your self-confidence, live a team life, and live with purpose, man, you're going to be ultra-motivated. You're going to have purpose. You're going to have drive. You're going to have passion in your life. And I also do private coaching. I've worked with a bunch of professional athletes, uh, uh, teams. I mean, one of the most recent teams I worked with was – uh, the University of Pennsylvania football team, right? I, I worked with them this spring, and then I just worked with them in the beginning of their season. And this year, they were co-Ivy League champions. Their coach was the Ivy League coach of the year. They had a defensive player that was the D Ivy League defensive player of the year. They had a second-place uh, offensive Ivy League player of the year, five first-team All-Ivy League, five, five second-team All-Ivy League, four honorable mentions. I mean, they had one of the biggest years ever. And I like to think I played a little role in that. I've also helped people, big-time lawyers, win cases. I've, I have mentored two young men into the SEAL teams. I'm mentoring two more. You know, this stuff works. Frog logic works for your life. You know, if you want to hear more, go back to the old Navy SEAL radio shows. we got a bunch of them on our website. That's teamfroglogic.com. You can listen to a bunch there. i got a bunch more on blogtalkradio.com. We're going to soon have all of them on our website. And now there's this, there's the Frog Logic podcast. And also, listen, here, I, I don't just stop there, man. I give a daily dose of, of free positive motivation every day. I'm on Facebook at, you know, go to our Team Frog Logic page or my personal page. I'm all packed up on personal. You can go to, uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Google Plus, Tumblr, 
Pinterest. We're on all of them, man, because we're there to, to reach as many people as possible, to light the fire in their gut, providing the very best motivational media that matters. That's what my mission is. That's what we do here at Team Frog Logic. And if you want to support us, you want to get on the team, man, we, we want to have you because we're all about team instead of self because it's through each other that we begin to understand the power of accomplishing greater missions than our own. That's what makes us better. I got a web store out there too with cool t-shirts and hats and patches. You want to check that out? Yeah, but that's what we do. That's what frog logic is. That's why I'm here, is to help you discover how to light that fire, man. And, and I'm just blessed. I feel, I feel completely blessed by God that I can be on and do this. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So today's show is called The Resolute Resolution. Now, man, it's a big deal. New Year's Eve is a big, big deal. What makes it such a, a huge thing, right? It's because it, it really, there are a couple of things. But, you know, when you think about a resolution and being resolute with your decisions and resolute with your purpose and resolute and resolute with those things that are just incredible, you, you know, the, the things that, that propel you forth in life, man, it's, it's key. But... You know, do you, do you, one of the things we used to do on, on, on Navy SEAL radios, we'd always define something because we want to get everybody kind of on the same baseline because baselines are essential for performance, all right? You got to have them. Uh, in, in fact, my, my good buddy Jeff Nichols, who owns a place called Virginia High Performance, he swears by him. You establish a baseline in everything you do, and that way you know what, where you start and how far up you can go or how far down, and it's, it's great. And you're constantly reestablishing those baselines. So how we do it here on the show is we, we define things we're talking about. We really dig in it. Now, we typically have gone to one source in the past, and I love Wikipedia as a starting point, but we're going to open this up to all kinds of things, right? We're going to open it up to all all different kinds of sources and really drill down on on some good hard definitions. All right, so this one, you know, I wanted to define resolution first. So it's a noun, a firm decision to do or not to do something. Two, the action of solving a problem, dispute, or contentious matter. Now, one of the interesting things that I've found in a lot of definitions on the internet, so you always have this kind of negative connotation, man, and it's trippy. It just, it's, it's, it's. I, I don't get it, but it's there. And so, you know, I like to think of it, how about a firm decision to do or not? But I guess you got to be balanced, right? Whatever. All right, so that's the definition of resolution. Now, the def def let's do the definition of resolute and why I add it. Now, it's an adjective, and it means admirably purposeful. Let me say that again. Admirably purposeful. Determined. Unwavering. And you think about that, you know, determined, unwavering, admirably purposeful. That's the key to behind resolutions. Now, everybody wants to know why, 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 why do we make, why do people, why do I need to make a resolution? Why, why, why? I don't, I just keep going on with my life. I never live up to them another this or anything. Because I'll tell you why. Making resolutions. It helps us forgive ourselves for what we did in the past. It lightens that load. It takes that, 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 that 
past lack of performance or failure, it takes it out of our ruck, right? Lightens our load and it says, oh man, all right. You know, this is what I see in the future. This is what's ahead of me. This is what I'm gonna do, right? That forgiveness, that forgiving ourselves, it ignites that fire. It's the start point. It's the little kindling, the little, you know, the steel wool. It's the initial fuel for the beginning of the year. And it's key. You got to have it. All right? There's, it's positive. It's really positive. Now, here's the deal. By, by creating these bigger goals in our lives, we get to imagine who we want to become and, and what we want to achieve. Now, many times people are like, oh, dude, you'll never do that. No way, Rut. There's no way you can do that, bro. Or that's dumb. You're never going to do that. Why do, you even, why do you even bother with yourself? How many times have you had, had somebody tell you that or you've heard that from somebody? Isn't it nuts? People telling you that? Why would you even want to do that? You're just going to fail. Let me tell you why. Because in a resolution, in its core, is a dream. And you get to have that dream. You get to think forward. You get to look downrange and say, man, that's who I can be. Just like we did when we were kids. I wanted to be a firefighter, right? I wanted to be a football player. I didn't do either one of those things, but it was key that I dreamed. That I thought long term. That I imagined what I could be and the potential of my own success. Now that's what a resolution ignites again for you. So allow those dreams to be real. Set the bar high. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? Resolutions are the motivation behind our desires to be better, to improve. So don't be restrained with them, man. Crush it. Let it go. Fire it off. You know, ba 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 Just go big with these things. You know, what people want to know, what type? Instruct a rut. What type of resolution should I set? Now, if you don't know, there's always a good starting point, in my opinion. There's always a place where we should always start with ourselves. When we're searching for ourselves, right? Searching within ourselves, searching the external world, whatever. There's a starting point, three starting points. I call it the, the, the triad or the frog logic triad, right? Now, a lot of people call it the triad, all that. I'm not, I'm not unique, I'm not new, and I'm ripping it off, but guess what? Tough. You know, I'm going to take it because it's helped me. And it made things simple. It simplified things. So you need to focus on three types of resolutions. First, your physical self. Second, your mental self. Third, your spiritual self. Now, I know what you're saying. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And whole rut. I thought I was just supposed to j join a gym or I thought I was, you know, maybe supposed to finish my education or, you know, push myself at work a little bit. What, what are you talking about? Let me tell you what. The essence of your existence, the essence of our existence revolves around these three concepts. And you should be constantly searching for ways to enhance your performance within these three aspects of your life. Right? Because that's the way we function, man. This, this triad, this thing, man, this, it's awesome. And I'm going to do a whole show on the triad here coming up. 
But this whole thing about the triad, man, is you gotta, it takes time. You gotta look at those things. You gotta make sure that you're, you're making those, you're improving those three components every single day. Now you can drill down underneath and it just, it's just this bottomless, uh, well, or this, this, uh, you know, never ending peak in order to get worse in those or to get better. You place the limit on yourself. Now, the big problem with all resolutions are that I found that with people and that I work with and help and train and influence and all that is the problem is, is that after two months, heck, maybe two weeks, maybe even two days for some of you, people give up. They quit on these dreams. They quit on this resolution. They cease to be resolute. Now, why? Why? Mainly because of fear, I'm sure. Mainly because it's too hard. Mainly because they don't have anybody to hold them accountable, to hold you accountable for your actions. There's no repercussions. Most of these resolutions are a derivative of the self instead of team. Right? You gotta think, the, uh, you gotta change your way, your perception of how you think and how you process. Right? You gotta you gotta apply the Navy SEAL way, the Green Beret way, the Ranger way, the Marsock way, you know, the 1980 Olympic hockey team way. And trust me, all these people, it took this didn't happen overnight. It took a long, long time and countless beatdowns on on so many different levels in the physical self, the mental self, and the spiritual self. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, being resolute as a part of a team was the way people achieve these objectives. That's it. That's how, you, that's how you push forward with the triad. Now, I call it the swim buddy rules. <laughs> now, Budge, everywhere you went, you had to have a swim buddy, no matter what. If you ran to the bathroom, somebody had to go with you. If you ran to go see an instructor, somebody had to go with you. And, and typically, if you did and you went and you tagged along with somebody, you're going to get a beat down. But that's what? Swim buddy rules. You never do anything alone, just like in combat. You never kick in a door by yourself. Swim buddy rules. And that applies to every aspect of our lives. So if you're going to do something, if you're going to make a resolution, you're going to be resolute, you need help. Team ahead of self, right? So do it with somebody who's as committed as you are. And more importantly, somebody who's committed to you, who cares enough about you and your well-being and your health and your development and your progression and success and, and, and wants to see you fail in order to succeed. Man, do it with that person. Because within their commitment to you is the resolute nature of the resolution. Right? Hold each other accountable, man. There's nothing better. How many times have you said to yourself, oh, man, I'd never do it on my own. If I had somebody to do it with, I'd do it. And it's true, man. You're not, you're not lying. You're not being an excuse. That's true. So own up to it and tag somebody, ask somebody, make a, res a respectful request, beg, I don't care, get on your knees and say, help me. And that'll be awesome, right? And then what you got to do is build consistency into your routine, discipline, right? Key. And, and not just in these big, big goals, in your daily ops, your achievements, right? You have to, you start to have to uh, feel achievement in a routine, Right, the mundane nature of of small successes, the the small ops of your day, waking up on time, making sure you make make your bed, 
a la Admiral McRaven's speech, right? Go check it out. He spoke to the graduating class at the University of Texas. Make your bet every day, damn it. Those little achievements build consistency. And if you can have consistency for 90 days plus, you're good. That means there's hope for these big resolutions. Too many, too many. The problem is a lot of people, a lot of us, including me, I'm not, I, I'm not infallible, right? I, I'm, I, I got issues. I'm not perfect by any stretch. Just ask my wife who I affectionately call the admiral. She'll tell you I, I, many times I suck. Oh, yeah, he sucks. And the deal is, you know, the deal is, brother, you have to stop, you know, worrying about the repercussions of failure, right? Oh, if, if I start and I stop and I never do it and it's too hard and I don't want to feel that, well, listen to yourself. If you, if you, if you suspend the ignition point of, of momentum, if you stop it, you don't even allow it to go. You, you put the fire out before it even starts to burn. What are you sailing? What are you saying? You've already failed. You failed in a big way, but you're not extending your limitations. You're not improving. That's what being resolute means, right? Drive forward into the unknown and fail. Go, go to the, the new CrossFit gym or to your new gym or your new trainer and be horrible. I did. I started last week, man, and I suck. You know? Start out with something that's bigger and, and, and fail big on something. I just had another one of those in my professional life real Big failure, but I'm going to learn for it. I'm going to grow and I'm going to improve. you got to think to yourself, what drives you to succeed? Now, you might be able to look back to your past and look at the things that you go, bam, 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 bam. I did this and I failed and I succeeded. Or maybe it's been too long. You've forgotten the successes in your life. And that's a shame. But you can, you can imagine it. Everybody's had some success in their life. But what is drives true success? I mean, really elevated. A whole nother level type success. I'll tell you what. Purpose. You have to have purpose. You have to set a clear purpose and drive towards it with passion. And be clear about what that purpose is every day. If you don't have clarity, if you don't know what that purpose is, and you don't, you don't drive hard on that purpose, then you're going to fail. And a big part of that purpose is it needs, to be, it needs to be driven by helping others, serving the greater good, serving others in your quest to find your purpose. And when you do that, success is eminent. It's already happening. Once you make the decision, hey, my purpose is to help them or to do this with this group or to be a better teammate or to do this, you've already succeeded because you're, you're not thinking about yourself. And what you need, the desires, that personal narcissistic satisfaction, and instead you're, you're establishing a willful sacrifice to create trust and bonds with your teammates in order to have them thrive and succeed. Team ahead itself. Now, the other part of purpose and the other thing that drives success is positivity, all right? Here's the deal. You cannot let the negative insurgency hammer you day in and day out. That's just the way it is. Now, you ask me, what's the negative insurgency instructor, right? I'll tell you what it is. It's the perpetual onslaught or assault of negativity that we face every single day. And it comes mostly from our own minds in terms of negative speak. It comes from our, our inability to, to redirect, uh, to focus on the small positives instead of trying to 
cure the negatives. It, 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 it doesn't, we don't have structured positivity in our lives. We don't believe it exists. Uh, we're getting pummeled by the media, all different sources, what we watch, what we consume, what we, what we read, what we eat, what we sleep, all the crap we put in our bodies, how much we drink, we smoke, we pill, we pop. Insurgency, dude. There's a lot of negativity in this world, and it's trying to hammer you day in and day out. And it ain't going anywhere, as I'm telling you right now. It ain't going anywhere. It's here to stay. It's a part of our existence. It's a part of the human condition. It's just a fact. In fact, you've been a part of it. So have I. Not proud of it, but I'm a part of it still. Every now and then, and especially recently, the holidays, I always get stressed out. I don't know what it is, but I do. And thank God I have a great team of support around me to get me through it. And they defeat, they help me defeat the negative insurgency in that battle for that day in the combat of life. Now listen, it's, cre- it's key that it just doesn't, this just isn't a part of your personal life too, man. To be resolute has got to be in all aspects of your life. It's got to be in your personal life, in your physical, mental, and spiritual self. You got to transition that into your professional life, whatever it is you choose to do. Now, granted, you might be in the worst possible job or you're working for the worst boss or whatever it is, but guess what? It's time to end that. You've got to change your, your perception. You've got, to, you've got to grow, push out your limits, right? You've got to figure out how to translate this concept into your professional life as well to be purposeful, to be positive in what you've chosen to do for a living. Now, in order to do that, man, we got this great guest that I'm bringing on the show. Man, this guy's awesome. He, he, uh, you know, you'll dig it. I'm telling you, he's he's one of the best I got. Uh, you know, so stand by. All right. So I I know I've been going at a thousand miles an hour. I know I, I'm 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 losing my mind on this show because I just want to make sure that everybody understands this this the intensity behind being resolute in your decision making process. And that's why it was key for 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 me to get into where I just got into and what I how hard I drilled down on you. And and now what it's time and and why we've got just this incredible expert, this person that you guys, if you're fans before, you've heard him a ton of times come on the show. If you're brand new, let me just give you a quick quick background on 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 my first guest, and his name is Brad Christian, and he's a good dear friend of mine. But he's also uh, a Green Beret. He's a con- he used to be a contractor. He actually ran this huge component of 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 this organization, you know, and he managed people all <laughs> and he managed people all around the place. Uh, and and I t- all over the world, really, in very extreme environments. And and we got him on. And he what his what Brad's out. specialty is is his idea is to help you take these things that I helped you with in your personal lives and then translate them into your professional lives. So, Brad, welcome to the show, brother. Welcome to the Frog Logic Podcast. Thanks, Dave. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, brother. Has it been wonderful for you? It's been a great New Year. Yep. For That's, sure. How about you? Oh, dude, it just keeps getting better and better. I got you on the show. It's our first <laughs> The Frog Logic podcast show, man. It's off the charts. I, I, Dude, I, I couldn't think of a better way to start my year than to see and hear your lovely face this morning. <laughs> That helps my heart, man. <laughs> and that's what it's about, right? It's about helping your heart. That's part of those resolutions that we that we want to really focus on. We want to make sure that what whatever we're deciding to do in our lives, we come from a, a very solid 
nice, you know, heartfelt, happy place in our hearts because that's what we're ultimately hoping to trans translate into and in what our what we do downrange or what we do in the business life or everywhere. So one of the first questions I want to ask you is just to get it out of the way, shall we? What's your New Year's resolution for 2016? My New Year's resolution for 2016, I thought a lot about this because I don't typically make uh, New Year's resolutions, <laughs> but I think 2016 is going to be the year of being bold for me. Boom! I love that. You know that gets me super fired up, brother. <laughs> that just makes me happy because I just imagine you doing things that are just completely out of norm for you, taking huge risks, going big. Not that you don't do that anyways, man. I've seen you climb and I've seen you on your bike and in, you know, but I, I, I love and, and big life decisions. That's what I wanted to hear. I dig it. Be bold. I love it. How'd you come up with that one, man? I don't know. I think uh, 2015 was just... Uh, you know, a year of concentrating hard on a lot of things and 2016 is going to be different. I think you and me talked about that a few times and uh, it's going to be just a year of uh, big, bold decisions and breaking out of ruts and, uh, you know, finding some some uh, pathways for some new successes. I love it, dude. Well, I can't wait, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll let the listeners in on that special secret and that, that program you and I and, and our buddy Josh are working on, but we're not going to let the cat out of the bag right now. But so... That next question is, all right, now that we, you know, I've, I've given our listeners this huge dose of motivation, right, in order to drill down on themselves physically, mentally, and spiritually to, to really focus on that in a meaningful way. So it's, it's not just talking in theoretics or metaphysics or whatever you want to talk about. To really drill down and, and, and be, be precise and be intentional about what they're choosing to do in, their, in this next year. How do they take those concepts? How do they take the ideas of, of, of accountability and time management and all these things, and then parlay that into their business lives. What, what would you say that, that is some of the big things people need to focus on in 2016 uh, in terms of business resolutions? Well, I think that's a really good question. And I think uh, probably the first thing is they have to know where they're going. This is probably the thing I see most frequently right now as far as problems in the business world, people don't know where they're going. And that's, you know, folks running businesses and people managing teams. And that's team, um, that's folks on the team. No one, I think, really has a clear idea of where they're going. And if you don't, it's going to be difficult to be deliberate and bring all those other components into their, their business life. I mean, um, can, you imagine, can you imagine if we, like you and me, Back when we were overseas together, if all of a sudden, like, we just woke up and, you know, we're sitting at the planning table and we're like, you know, hey, we're just going to wing it out there. We're just going to get out there. We're going to get in these rides. We're going to get our guns on and we're just going to wing this stuff right now. Right. It yeah. just doesn't work, does it? But why? Yeah. Why do you think businesses just kind of throw it in the wind? Why, why do you think they don't have more dis di very distinct plans? I think uh, at least right now. In 2015, 2016, the answer is really simple for me because the chaos that exists in the marketplace is so great and it's never been this chaotic before. And everyone at every level is saying that. You hear government people saying it, you hear private sector leaders saying it. The chaos is enormous right now. And people don't do people don't deal well with chaos at no. all. Not, I mean, unless I think you've been, not unless you've been through a, 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 a training program like ours, like you and Selection or me and Buds, where you have that stress inoculation training built in, right? They don't, they don't, most companies don't build that in. It's all OJT kind of dealing with stress, right? Yep. 
Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's where that's where you come in as being so critical with what you're doing and helping people uh, deal with stress better and, and be able to process the chaos and keep track of where they're headed, keep that goal of where they're headed, you know, a little clearer in, in, in the midst of all that chaos. So, well, like, let's say, um, let's say, all right, here you go. I'm a new entrepreneur, right? I start a business. I got a little family, friends, money behind me. I've saved some from my past uh, experiences. I found a little niche in a market out there and I, I got a good business plan. It's, it's not, it's not, you know, super clear what it's going to do. Cause you know, a lot of startups are, are challenged that way. You know, you, you got to find where you're going to effectively penetrate in that market. Well, what is the thing you're going to advice, give advice you're going to give me, Brad, about that plan in terms of this year and, and sticking to the plan? What is, what, what are some things you'd, you'd suggest to me? Well, I think, um, one, we've already hit it. You've got to know where you're going. You've got to have endurance because it's going to get really hard. It's going to get really hard. I don't care, you know, who's backing you, who's behind you. It's going to be hard if you're doing it on your own. It's going to be hard if you've, you know, got investors with you. Um, so having sort of a resolute mindset about where you're going and understanding it's going to be difficult. And probably the next thing, and this is something that I've not done in the past and, and I've learned a lot from it, is you've got to have a strong team around you. Amen. That's probably the key thing. You've got to have a strong team. You're not going to do this by yourself. Now, what, this is an amazing – I love that you brought this up. And I know you're a team expert. I mean, you, you have teams operating all the way around, all around the world. You've, you've helped guide teams on, on a bunch of different levels in a bunch of different industries. Now, you know, when you think about that team, you know, how, how difficult is it when as, as you being the team leader or you being the CEO or you being the head senior manager or whatever of a division or, or, or whatever – how do you get that team to accept your new resolution, right? How do you get that team to say, hey, uh, you know what? Brad's right. We need to be resolute. We need to have a very distinct point that we're going to. How do you bring them into the fold in that very serious decision? It's really the hardest thing that any leader has to face. I mean, it is. you cannot understate the difficulty of the, the scenario you just laid out. And I think for me, I've learned that you know, it's a lot of repetition. It's a ton of communication. I mean, really difficult communication, a lot of repetition. You have to remind people almost daily uh, where they're going. And that's unfortunate because you like to have a team that where everyone's just flowing, you know, like a like a SEAL platoon on a mission. It just doesn't really work that way a lot of times in business. And those moments are so rare. Um, they're very infrequent. So you have to remind people a lot, you know, and unfortunately, I think we don't have all the tools necessary in corporate life to make rapid decisions and changes with personnel. And sometimes you do get stuck with a team that's not really functioning well. And uh, I think, you know, motivating them is, is where you come in. I think trying to keep people focused on the goal is difficult and it changes, you know, that's, it, it's somewhat up to the individual leader to translate how they're going to do this with their team. For me, it is, Keeping people focused on, you know, the three levels of the mission that we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. What's the what's the big strategic mission? And then what's our team mission? And then how do you as an individual team team member working for me? How do you, you know, how do you make all this stuff work for your own individual life mission? 
So that's kind of how I break it down well, and then I, remind people daily of it. Uh, and you know what? That's the key. I think, you know, the, the repetitive nature of that, that inspiration or motivation or however you want to look at it. I mean, the, the, one of the most common things that I get out there, Brad, when people either, you know, send me instant messages or emails or hit me on Facebook or wherever they find me, you know, is, is this whole thing like, you know, Hey, rut instructor rut, man, you know, you, you're always motivated. You seem like you got a great team. What happens? I've got these two people on my team that are just bad apples. No matter what I do, that negative insurgency has just pummeled them down. They can't get out of the rut and they're, and they're just, they're in, they're infecting the rest of us. What do I do? So, you know, Brad, when you have that person on your team and you have that person or you're coaching one of these business leaders and they've got those people around their team, what do you say to them for that that particular challenge? That's a difficult one. You know, I think uh, probably a lot of uh, really successful business leaders will all say the same things. And it's a difficult truth to accept, but sometimes... um, You've got to make a decision to change your team in the business world. You know, I think you you probably I think you and I will probably spend more time than most trying to, you know, retrain and trying to, to refocus those team members. But ultimately, you know, if they're not performing, we don't have the luxury in the corporate world of having a front a front end selection process. Right. Yeah. Where we have these people on on. A, the same sheet of music and where they're evaluated and, and, and they're tested and trained. We don't have that luxury. Sometimes for the better of the, you know, for the betterment of the whole team and for the benefit of the organization, you've got to make some tough decisions and change your team around. And I think that's probably a mistake that I've made in the past. Uh, and it's really not, you know, when you think about it, it's better for those team members that aren't fitting in as well. You know, they, they need to learn and grow and move on and find a better program or a better company or a better team that they fit in on. So I think you have to really, you know, know where that balance is of trying to retrain people uh, and make them see, you know, the greater goal. And if it's not working as a leader in the business world, you've got to make a, you know, a tough decision and, and uh, decide to move on and change your team around. I love it, man. I, you know, that's that's one of the great things. You're right. We do have this massive front-end selection process, right? By the time those little whippersnappers are in day one of, of, of phase one and buds or they're in week one of selection or, or even just, you know, in Ranger, you know, going through Ranger school or whatever it is, man, that mindset, that focus mindset is already there, right? The submission to the overall mission itself. You know, we have the training isn't really set in, but those people know that, hey, they've got to sacrifice at a, at a higher level than ever before in order to do that. Now, one of the challenges is, is, is I think companies, as you said, are really struggling. And what I'm hearing with all the different companies, you know, and I, I must have worked with, I think I worked with almost 50 or 60 different companies this past year, giving motivational speeches and working with their teams, is one of the things I saw was, man, you know, everybody's like, you know, it's really hard to maintain our, you know, our past culture with the new people that are coming in, right? Especially as, as, as organizations are growing and getting very bigger. Like one of the the most common was, Hey, you know, last year we were 80 people this year we're 125 or last year we were 50 people. And this year we're 300. And, and one of the challenges I'm hearing is, Hey, our culture you know, of that family driven, you know, originators of the, of the organization who built it to this and this fast and this rapid growth, you know, we just added a hundred new people that are from different areas, different cultures, different organizations, man, we're having to compete with that. 
And that creates this internal battle of culture that is really dis, uh, you know, it's creating some uh, distortion and, and, and some dysfunction. You know, how do you say to these companies that don't have those front end selection programs that aren't really getting dialed in on the recruiting process? And we're, you and I are going to do a couple shows on that here in a few, a few weeks. Um, you know, how, what do you say to them as they grow? They, they, they're forced to grow. They've got to get big fast. You know, as these new people come in, what are the things that they have to hear to, to tap into, you know, your resolution as a business leader or manager? So, yeah, so you're talking about the new folks that are coming into an organization. Yep. So those business leaders and those organizations that are experiencing that those type of transitions have got to be on their A game with communicating because those people don't hear it enough from senior leaders what the goals are and what that culture is. And believe me, I know, you know, I've been very <laughs> recently in, a, in an organization that has experienced rapid growth and, and very transformational mergers. And the thing at every level is, is so critical is communication and not always from the senior leaders. You know, I think the, the, the junior managers sometimes um, can have a tremendous impact in an organization if they're communicating effectively and vice versa. If they're not, they'll, they'll, the gaps that exist already can be exacerbated if those junior leaders are, are not um, carrying forward that corporate message. And so I think it's really important, you know, especially for, you know, that, tr that traditional family owned company that you just used. And I know, I know you speak with a lot of those, you know, family owned companies that have grown and now they're not that family, uh, sized company anymore. It's really important for those founders to identify their junior leaders and those upcoming managers and to make sure that they have really good training and that they understand how to be a leader. Cause I think a lot of times we just, slap the, the title manager on someone and, and feel that that conveys some type of leadership ability and it doesn't. And that's really what's lacking in a lot of uh, corporate you know, organizations today is the leadership development at the, at the lower levels. Those guys get overlooked. Man, I, those guys and girls get overlooked a lot. I can't agree with you more on that. I think that's a huge, huge deal, right? You, we, you get these top performers and all of a sudden you're like, hey, you're doing really great. Guess what? Wapo, you're a manager now. And I want you to take care of all these other people and, and bring them up into the fold, right? To have their performance elevate. But yet all of a sudden now you're tasking these people with people. You, you don't even give them any training. Just the expectation based on their, their performance and the job specificity, you know, think is going to translate into that bigger component of, 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 of corporate success. I, you know, and it, it, it just doesn't work without training, man. And, and so I think one of the, one of the things that I, you know, I, I've seen and I'm seeing a, a lot of, again, I go back to that cultural def, defining that culture is really and, and what you're talking about, that communication. You know, you you have certain people that are running businesses that that don't know how to communicate what that culture is. They just they don't know how to share it. They don't. They And, and by coming in to work with even some of the big organizations, you know, the big Fortune 100 companies I work with, you know, it's like, hey, you just came, became a part of our team. You should know. And then you ask them. I go around and I ask these junior people. Right. And I'm like, hey, what's your corporate, what's your culture, your, your group or your team? And they don't know. And I said, well, ha hasn't your, you know, the head guy or head woman ever told you? And they're like, not really. It's just expected. It's it's the understated or the intended, you know, idea that you should consume as you come into that role. 
And I just, I don't think it's there. I think you're right. I think communication is a massive problem out there. Now, my question to you is, you know, how do you begin, let's say you got this new corporate leader, they, they, they you know, end of the year, they, they tallied up their taxes, they did all their revenue, they did all this stuff, they took a look and they're like, wow, we, we, we really missed out on some tremendous opportunities. I'm not going to do it. This is my New Year's resolution for the organization. What can they do? starting this year off right to really disseminate that resolute resolution? Hmm. That's a great question. I think they need to, one, um, make certain that they understand in their own minds what that resolution is. And then this is going to be, this is going to be a revolutionary concept. I mean, it's going to blow your listeners' minds away. <laughs> they need to sit down and just talk to their people about it. What, 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 what? <laughs> You mean talk to your people, actually have a brief or a debrief? <laughs> I think just sit down and talk to their people about it. That's crazy, man. I It's so funny. I, I always I always talk to these organizations. I'm like, you know, hey, tell me how you how you debrief or, or share with me your briefs. How often do you're meeting with your people? They're like, well, we do quarterlies or we do biannuals and we have these big events with that. They bring me in on, on part of it. And, and I said, well, you know, what's your purpose for bringing me and my frog logic message in, into your organization? And we want you to get them fired up. We want you to get them, you know, we want you to get them just dialed in. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what I do. No sweat, no worries. And I go, what are you, what are you planning on doing the 14 to 17 days later when they, you know, the, the high of, of my, you know, my speech is, is faded away. What, what are you doing then? What's the follow on stuff that you're, you're teaching these people to be able to maintain that, that performance level or that focus for the long term? And they always come back, Brad, and they're like, um, well, uh, what, what do you think we should do? And I'm like, right. well, you know, have your, do you do a Monday morning brief? Do you do a Friday debrief? Do you do a dailies? I'm, I don't know. I'm sure you guys in, 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 in SF, you guys used to do briefs all the time like we did and debriefs. Was it a huge part of how you guys rolled? Uh, yeah. I mean, as you know, every single thing you do is in, in the military is debriefed. You know, often to excruciating levels. I think <laughs> I think you can take that principle and, you know, dial it way back. Um, and it doesn't take a huge PowerPoint. But, yeah, you have to, you know, you have to pulse the you have to pulse the team every once in a while and make sure that they're understanding what the intent is. Right. The commander's intent. So uh, easily, you know, once a week, a key leader meeting is, is critical for sure. And, and then making sure that they're communicating that down the chain. Now, one of the things that I, I'm seeing, which is, you know, in, in, in the military and especially in spec ops, you know, the, the, we, you know, there's a commander's intent, like you said, but when it comes to the ground truth and what the operations that are happening, you, you know, the, the battlefield dictates a lot of your pace. It dictates your, you know, where you're going to focus on operations, but the overall, you know, I mean, the, the, the structure of how it how the, the unit functions, it really doesn't change a lot. What, what happens is the flexibility of the environment changes, you know, your, your direct focus, but how you generally operate stays intact, right? Now, what I'm seeing in, in, the, in the civilian world, the tremendous amount in, in business and organizations and teams, whether it's a nonprofit or an actual sports team, you know, is there's, you know, they're, they're so... You know, they're so focused on kind of this grand, you know, illusion or this big picture that's going to happen as a result of 30,000 things happening, right? 
instead of really just focusing on those basics, all right? What do I need to do every day to, fit, to achieve my objective? And then when I did, you know, if I do or I don't, who's there to help me, you know, tweak or, or change and, and, and refine those basics to perfection? Do you, do, you know, do you teach that? Do you see that in your organizations? And, and, and what do you do when you do see those little changes not happening or people not performing those basics to perfection? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And no, I don't typically see that in, in organizations. That's a really, that's a really big uh, problem. That's a, it's a huge capability that most organizations are lacking is, is, you know, the ability to translate their big goals into, you know, executable tasks at, at the, at the lower level. I mean, I think, you know, I've talked about that in the past Tons. and I, I think for me, because we don't have the tools in corporations that we do and, you know, where we come from in the military, again, it comes back to, uh, communication, you know, I mean, I can't make someone that works for me do pushups because they fail a task <laughs> as much as I would like to. I mean, I think a lot of people I, I talk with, you know, some just recently I was talking with this morning are struggling with, team members that don't understand the, you know, the intent or the goals. And yeah, you'd like to send them on a five mile run, right? That would clear things up very quickly. <laughs> break the hose out in the coffee break room. Break right? the hose out. Yeah. But we can't do that. So what are we left with? We're left with communicating. So, you know, it's, it's, it's critical. I think these corporations that are hiring you for these events are desperate to be able to find a way to translate what you do and, and that motivation into uh, practical steps that their their staff can do because it's all you know it's all about becoming more efficient and, and uh, keeping the revenue and the profitability high and, and, and that's what they're they're struggling with so I think it's going to be a you know it's going to be a, another robust year for Frog Logic and, and and what you're doing I'm excited to kind of help you I think translate some of these concepts into uh, practical steps that these teams can do to make more money. Well, I, I, I tell you what, I, th I think, you know, I, and I love how you're hinting at it. You're giving a little bit of taste. You're, you're, you're dangling the bait for our listeners and all the people out there that are paying attention. And uh, don't let that cat bag too fast. We're, we'll, we'll let it out here in a little while. So don't you worry to, out there who's paying attention. Don't worry. Brad and I and Josh will make a big announcement here in a little bit. All right, we got some huge things happening for Team Frog Logic this year. All right. So the last question I want to ask you, Brad, and, and this is a big one is you know the most common thing i think with with people out there and it doesn't matter where you are where you're from what economic background what social background and not none of that matters what matters what i see a lot is people set out the year with these grand this grand focus right this oh my this year's gonna be different i'm gonna get fired up i'm gonna go big you know i'm gonna stick to my guns i you know i'm resolute in my resolution you know but but what over you know two months three months down the road six months they're right back into the monotony of their old behavioral patterns right that comfort zone behavioral patterning is driving them down you know the distortion of reality their perception of negativity is taken over again and they're just right back in that same operational modality and and what are, what are some ways for people when they start to recognize that's happening. What do you suggest that people do to check themselves to like knock that you know knock them I, 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 knock them back into place on and, and set them forth in, in achieving that focused direction they're going towards? Well, I think they should probably have somebody in their life that they trust that's a good teammate Boom, that they can somebody. that they can immediately sort of you know reach out and, and talk that talk that through and then I think 
you know, again, I'm going to go back to what my own goals are for this year. Find a way to be bold because it's so very easy to get complacent. And I don't care who you are. I mean, you and I both know plenty of high performing people that, that, you know, none of us are immune to complacency. So find a way when you recognize you're getting complacent to, you know, have somebody in your life that you trust and lay out some goals and some steps and talk through, you know, debrief some what your plan is and then and then go out there and be bold and uh, keep challenging yourself to be bold, you know, every month or every week or whatever it is that you need. But but keep challenging yourself. Don't don't sit back and listen to Frog Logic. <laughs> well, I am on the end. I love it, man. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, man. If everybody out there, if you're if you're if you're struggling and you want some sound, incredible, amazing voice, just listen to what Brad just said. All right. Be bold and challenge yourself. I mean, you, you, you've, we've got to understand what our limits are. We've got to understand where we're falling short. We've got to understand what we do know, what we don't know. And the way to do that is to live in a bold way, right? To to get out there and experience life in ways that that yet you you may have not been able to do in the past or you just chose not to because you had that fear that, that controlled you, right? So be bold, challenge yourself. I love it, Brad, man. I got to tell you, dude, it's so awesome having you on the show with me, bud. This is Frog, the Frog Logic Podcast, show number one. And, and, and I, I got to tell you, my first guest, always one of my favorite guests by far. Brad, thanks for being on. I love you, buddy. It's going to be an epic 2016. Yeah, man. Thanks. Love you, too. Love what you're doing. Keep it up. Roger that. All right. All right. Wow. <laughs> so there you have it, man. I mean, if, if that doesn't get you fired up, Right. If, if, if that advice and if you don't think that that was awesome. Right. If you don't think that that Brad's insight is absolutely spot on and 100 percent critical to, you know, to you functioning in an awesome, amazing way, then, man, I don't know what to tell you. Because that was sage, man. That was that was just pure wisdom coming from that cat. And he knows. He's been there. Listen, I'm not making that up that, that, that he's squared away, that he's one of the best guests we have on, that he's one of my best friends, that, you know, he's seen it. He's been there, right? He knows the deal. And he cares, too, about being honest with people. He's, he's got integrity and authenticity, and his purpose is clear. You know, so let's review. Let's, let's, let's have a clear call, right? Number one. You got to set a clear course for yourself, right? Your resolution is, I want to get here. I want to be here in my organization, in my company, in my team, my group. This is where we're going, period. These are the things we need to do to get there, right? You build that out and you're clear about it. You're not wishy-washy. You don't know. It's clear and everybody hacks off on that. And another key, another unbelievable key component of this is, is to be bold, right? Like he said, to be bold in your decisions, to take the risk, to embrace your fear, be bold, have huge self-confidence, and, and be bold with your purpose, right? Why sit back and let life hammer, hammer away at you? Your seconds are ticking right now. That's your life slipping away. Every second you're not doing something to improve your life, to be resolute, to be focused, man, you're losing. You don't get it back. I'm sorry. Be bold. And those last one, man, is communicate. Communicate. Everybody says it, man. Everybody says, oh, I'm going to be a better communicator. Oh, my goal is to communicate better. And oh, I'm going to do this. But do you really? Man, I am in a, 
I am in, in a whirlwind of evolution in this, this department right now. You know, and after hearing Brad talk about it, I, I realized, you know, although, you know, I do this for a living, I'm a speaker, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a YouTube personality, a podcast host, all this stuff, I realized, man, I need to work on my listening. I need to hear other people. I need to hear how I affect them, and I need to listen to the people and what they're saying and care more, especially those that love me most, and be there for them, and sometimes not have to say a word. Be a better communicator, man. That's key. That's the essence of how we function. That's how we build the bonds of trust in life, and trust is everything because when you can trust somebody at such a high level, such a high level that no matter what that's always intact, man, you've got a successful team. You can win together. You can fail together on any battlefield in life. Man, love having Brad on the show, man. His sage wisdom from our teammate here at Team Frog Logic and my swim buddy, Brad, you cannot beat that. So take it on board, right? That's powerful stuff. Apply it in your lives. I'm telling you. Now, you know, mix that with my advice, right? By setting those resolute resolutions this year and being accountable to them, right? That's what resolute means. Do you remember? Do you remember the definition that we, that I used? Do you? Admirably purposeful, determined, unwavering. You know, that's, that's the essence of this whole thing, man, is, is to get involved, you know, set these things and stay true to them, right? To be accountable, to, to enhance yourself physically, mentally, and spiritually, to improve on your faith every day, to fortify your brain like your biceps, to push yourself mentally, to think new ways and new ways, to know thyself within, and physically to be strong, to endure, to weather the storm, to weather the battle, the fatigue of life. But to have somebody there with you to do it, right? Because iron sharpens iron, I'm telling you right now. And that swim buddy accountability works. I promise you. It's proven. We've done it in so many ways. Be passionate, right? Be passionate behind the purpose of your goal. Serve the greater good. And in those purpose, in that purpose itself, no matter how you apply it, you will succeed. Granted, you're going to fail and, you're, and how you get there and all that. You're going to be challenged. You're not going to do it all every time. But guess what? As long as you're purposeful, as long as you know this is it and this is what I want to do, this is how I have to do it, you will succeed and you will feel that success. And it will drive you forward. And that resolution, you will be resolute. That's awesome. That's what you got to do. Now, I know what you're saying right now. You're like, hold on, instructor rut. Hold on, hold on, and halt. What are your resolute resolutions of the year? What are you going to hold be accountable for? So let me tell you. Okay, roger that. Here you go. My overall purpose, my, my big picture purpose for 2016 is to finish what I start. Right? 
to finish what I start. As I apply uh, spe job specifics, personal specifics, spiritual specifics, physical, mental, spiritual, as I apply those, that I will finish them. That I will not let things linger anymore in my life. So physically, I am going to start and finish the Leadville 100 Ultra Marathon. I got so inspired last year by my buddy Nick Hawks and his company, you know, and his effort he made. And if you, if you love paleo diet and paleo treats, Nick Hawks has a wonderful company called Paleo Treats. Check them out, paleotreats.com. But I watched Nick attempt this thing two years in a row, so inspired that I went out and I helped him. I paced him for 30 miles this past summer, and I was so moved by the camaraderie the collective nature of, of what you experience and the growth from attempting this thing that I signed up for. So physically, that's my big one. I'm going to finish the Leadville 100 Ultra Marathon. Mentally. And this is an announcement, right? This is a big announcement. Uh, the first thing first is I am going to give the best TEDx, TED Talk, TEDx Talk ever in history on February 19th in Boca Raton, Florida. You better believe it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock this thing out of the park. I'm going to in introduce people to a whole new concept within the Frog Logic Concepts called the culture of team and teach people the importance of that and how you find it, how you forge it, how you cultivate it, how you build it, how, you, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you develop it. It's called the Culture Te Culture Team. Be my TEDx talk in Boca Raton on February nineteenth. That's a big announcement right here. I'm just putting it out here on the on the on the on this uh, the Frog Logic podcast initial show. Right, that's the first one, and then the other one, the other three. I'm going to finish my next kids book and write two more adult books. That's what I will do mentally, spiritually. This is a big one. This is a big one. All right. Now, it's through God's grace that I have everything I have in my life, my family, my friends, my thoughts, my ability to, to live life as a, in the best. So this year, I'm going to perform the best possible uh, introspection and research on, on those apostles out there, right? And not so much because, you know, I, I just want to understand what drives these human beings, these, these, these men, to walk to their deaths, spreading the message of love. I want to understand why and how. Because spiritually, that's what I want to do better. I want to spread a message of love, of inspiration, of motivation to people so that can make them better, that we can live in a better world, that we can address conflict in this negative insurgency in better, more powerful ways. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm no longer a sheepdog. It just means sometimes... You know, we got to come together to fight this thing through love. And that's one of my big spiritual quests for this year. So that's it, man. That's old instructor Rutz, New Year's resolute resolutions. Now, I hope you've dug this, man. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much for listening. I'm incredibly proud uh, to be here on the air with you. I'm incredibly proud to, to, to be able to deliver this experience, this 25 years of, of searching and researching the human condition, to share with you these discoveries of what I learned. Is it perfect? No. Are there a million other ideas? Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, if you apply frog logic in your life, you'll see a change. You'll ignite that fire 
You'll be able to roll into combat of life, defeating that negative insurgency with some positive skill sets, with some positive ideas, some concepts, some missions to apply so that you'll succeed and fail, but you'll do it with a smile on your face. I want to thank you for listening to my story and welcome welcome you to the Frog Logic Podcast. And stay tuned. We've got an, some incredible shows coming up here with some amazing people in the next episode. Uh, you're going to blow, be blown away by these things. So pay attention. Uh, uh, look for uh, Sign up on all the social medias. Follow me on, at Team Frog Logic on Facebook or at, at Team Frog Logic on Twitter, at Team Frog Logic on Instagram and Google Plus and LinkedIn. And all those things. And if, if you want to know more about me, visit our website at teamfroglogic.com. There's all kinds of cool information. We got a brand new website we just released. This thing's awesome. Watch my YouTube videos. Learn more about the Frog Logic concepts, the actual training missions. You know, and download Navy SEAL Radio, the past ones on iTunes. Help us spread the word, man. Help us get this new Frog Logic podcast out there. Be a part of the team. I would love it. We want you on our team. We want you to help us spread the motivational media that matters in people's lives. All right? So that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're fired up as I am. I want to thank my wife, the Admiral, my kids, the Bear and the Bruiser. I want to thank my family and friends and all my teammates in the Brotherhood, all that have gone before me, all that we've lost, all their their families, all that we have downrange right now, all my brothers downrange and brothers in arms and sisters. I want to thank America. I want to thank all the fans for helping me spread my motivational message. All right? Don't ever forget this, all right? Here's the deal. Life is hard. You need to constantly search for the truth behind how to succeed and fail in every environment imaginable. It's on you to search for that truth. And that's why I'm here. Navy SEAL motivational speaker, author, and coach, David Rutherford. So don't ever forget, I'm your new swim buddy. Let's get motivated. Out!